1: Good morning, everybody, and happy Cinco de Mayo. You know, we didn't talk about it yesterday. Obviously, there was other things we discussed, and it was not a day necessarily of celebration. But yesterday was May the 4th, and as a channel heavily correlated to Star Wars, we did miss that opportunity. But happy May the 4th. Happy Cinco de Mayo. We're so glad you decided to come and join Coffee and Crypto this morning, which is the greatest show for crypto updates on all of anywhere. Uh, that's just factual. Uh, it. it There's no debate to it. And those who debate me, they lose because the judge is my opinion. So let me know in comments if you think we're the best show at all. You know, today I have a goal. Right now we have 220 people watching. I think today, I just had this feeling. I I feel like today is gonna to be a 1,000 like day. But it takes every single one of you guys making sure you smash that button, making sure you enforce people do it by putting that in chat, and then share it with your friends and tell your friends, hey, go watch this video and hit the like button. Uh, but we got a lot to talk about today, as the title suggests. We're gonna give even more of our take, Some of you guys watched yesterday as we watched the Fed announcement live. You also might have seen last night's video where we talked about what our pain is going forward. We're gonna continue to out, you know, talk about that and why I. I believe $100,000 Bitcoin price just got delayed again. We're going to talk about everything in the Fed. We're also going to be discussing potentially a bullish story coming to crypto, and we're going to see, we'll let you guys know what we think about it towards the end of the show, but it does look like Binance is co-investing with Elon for Twitter. What does this mean for Binance specifically? What does this mean for Twitter and the rest of the crypto market when we're looking at decentralization? There is a little bit of a weird thing there, because Binance is not known for their decentralized nature, yet a tweet from the CEO makes it sound like that's his not, that's his, motivation for investing in Twitter is to help the cause so that's a really pickling story we're going to cover here at the end of the show but I am joined by two phenomenal people the first one is our technical director and the turtle king Sme how are you doing this morning I'm good hello everybody I love you guys that's awesome I'm also joined by T Shroom in absence of Jeb which we should have back hopefully at least by Monday but who knows you never know if he's going to be joining maybe even tomorrow but T Shroom how are you doing this morning Better than I deserve on that Cinco de Mayo. That's what I was looking for right there. Yeah, we're going to jump into the show here in just a second. But the first thing I need to do is talk to you about one of our sponsors. And that sponsor is Hedge. Hedge is a payroll conversion solution that allows users to automatically convert their pay, which is W2 1099's commissions, from fiat to crypto via direct deposit. It eliminates the need for the traditional exchange experience and streamlines the process from pay to crypto wallet in one seamless application. This non-intrusive design enables companies to keep their current Process flow and HR service providers with no setup fees. We release custody of the asset the same day as the payment, as well as the freedom to be sent to any wallet. We believe in the decentralization aspect crypto brings and want to maintain those values by allowing individuals to use their assets as they please. So, if you are like me and the rest of our company, and you want to be paid in Bitcoin, but you understand that there are some loopholes and there's some things that happen, Hedge is the perfect solution to allow you to convert your pay into Bitcoin. Also, if you want to create that as an incentive, if you're a CEO or you're the owner of a company, create that as an incentive for your employees, Hedge is the way to do it. Make sure you go sign up in a link in the description down below. We also just want to thank Hedge because without sponsors like Hedge, we wouldn't be able to be here. But you know who else we wouldn't be here
0: without? Those are those green names. May do you have some green names you want to shout out this morning? Oh, of course I have green names to shout out this morning. You thought I was not going to do it? No, I'm definitely doing it. We have uh, Elliot Locke, Shavon Matzi, Mark, Mike Markle, uh, Cashy Katz with a little Ape Society Ape as his profile icon. Uh, good for you. Ricardo Vinegas, Grand Roofing Incorporated, Dennis Pizarka, Groovy. Uh, who else we got here? Uh, that's about it. So I love all of you guys. You guys are the best. You green names, you support us, you keep us going. Boom. Well, let's go ahead and jump on into some uh, coin market caps,
1: some market updates, and see what is happening. This information is not necessarily going to give us the full picture because, of course. We didn't have the news updates from the Fed 24 hours ago, so it's not going to tell us completely what has happened to products. We'll look at Bitcoin and some others here a little bit later as about what they have done price-wise since the announcement yesterday at 2 uh, p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But right now, as it stands, Bitcoin is technically up, but it's less than 1%. Ethereum is up almost 2%, so they were outpacing. The big one right here, and again, we're going to talk about it a little bit later, Binance is up. But this might not only have to be with the Fed announcement for crypto crypto potentially having some bullish short-term metrics. This also has to do with that Twitter announcement, but again, we'll talk about that a little bit later. XRP up 2.5%, Solana almost three, Cardano up almost three, but Cardano was the leading pack, and we're gonna talk about them here in just a little bit because they did hit that metric we talked about yesterday, 90 cents. So for those of you who watched yesterday and maybe put in a, buy, a sell order at 90 cents, you're probably very happy with that profit you were able to take in a Cardano trade. But let's look at some of the biggest losers the last 24 hours. I don't know if there's really... The biggest winners, here we go, uh, Zillica up 21%, Anchor up 17%. There's a lot of good things here. Waves, for a second day in a row, is one of the top uh, movers. So, wave investors and wave traders, you are making some profit right now. Biggest losers of the day, it's not that bad, but Nexo's down 4%. Then you go down to KuCoin tokens and whatnot, it's only down 1%. As a whole, it was a bullish day. And while it's good and it's nice to be excited short-term for bullish movement, I think that we're going to have to have that short-term success at the expense of maybe intermediate-time suspense. I still think long-term, if we're thinking 10, 15, 20 years, we're still moving up into the right. That has not ended. Crypto is still an unstoppable train. The problem is, are there going to be some hiccups along the way that delay that? And we'll discuss all of that and a lot more. But I want to throw it to Tshim real quick and get his take. What are your overall overall opinions of what you see happening in the market right now and are are you really bullish right now? Are you really? Be- are you thinking this is neutral, or what are your thoughts about the crypto market? Well, I think that they pulled it off.
2: I think the Fed pulled it off. Jerome, he came in and he delivered what he needed to do. He delivered the goods to coerce everybody into thinking that everything's okay, uh, but everything's not okay. We're sitting at negative GDP. Mm-hmm. We're sitting at three hundred trillion dollars of debt and we just got some really bad uh, labor numbers as well. Uh, the, the labor force participation rate w- was over uh, what it was forecasted to be. So the economy is not looking good, but uh, the Fed is doing the thing that it needs to do to keep the market going up and to the right, at least for now. And, you know, that's, that's kind of my take is, is uh, it's, it's just enough to get by for now, but how much longer will that last? And how much time does that really buy us? Yeah.
1: Well, let's go ahead and jump into our technical analysis and discussion. We're going to be talking about everything about the Fed. In case you guys didn't know, I'm sure most of you do, but the Fed did announce yesterday, Jerome Powell announced that the increase to interest rates will be 50 basis points. Now, I need to clarify something real quick, because this is actually, we need to make sure we bring you guys the truth. We were inaccurate about one detail yesterday, and unfortunately, it didn't seem like many other people caught it either. But if you guys remember, we reported two days ago, actually, That there were CME bets, 99% of people predicted that it would be 75, right? So I'm gonna start. The reason I'm not saying basis points or whatever is because it said 75 to 1%. So 75% or 0.75 to 1% was the 99% prediction. So the way that news was interpreted by ourselves and it seems like a couple other people was that the bet was that the increase was going to be 75 basis points. It turns out that was not accurate. That bet actually was saying that the bet at at the end of whatever they announced, would be between 75 to 1, right? So what that means is the bet was that it would be at least 50 basis points, if not 75. So we incorrectly called that. I do want to apologize, you guys. And when we are wrong, we want to admit that we were wrong. Uh, So that is there. Do you have anything to add to that, t shirt or are we good to... No that you got yeah. good. So yeah, as our bad guys. but I want to look at the charts real quick. I'm going to start actually with the DXY and kind of bounce back and forth between DXY and Bitcoin. No, I don't have to bounce. As you guys notice, if I were to show you where the price was yesterday the fourth around uh, let's see it's gonna say 14 for me, but around 2 p.m you're gonna see that the price on the DXY actually began to drop right here. So this this was the announcement right here and as you guys notice, the DXY did drop and is now making a recovery. If I flip over to Bitcoin and what I see happening with the Bitcoin price, It's the exact opposite as we had that announcement. We actually began to rise and now we're beginning to fall I'm going to talk about these metrics here in just a second But I want to kind of just let you guys know and show you more in depth I'm on the 15 minute chart and it's really peculiar what happened here And this is the significance of the points that were made We're going to dive into of what they mean for the future of bitcoin So the first thing right here, I have this kind of you know, this is a little mark right here This is exactly two o'clock. What happened yesterday was the announcement or the report came out at 2 p.m. Eastern standard time. But then we had to wait a half hour for Jerome's uh, remarks. So the first response in the Bitcoin market when we heard 50 basis points was actually a red candle. These first two candles here, even though we technically have a green one right there, that is an indecision candle. That's a doji. It That just kind of means we don't know what's happening from here. But the first response was in fact bearish. But look at this candle right here. as We start to get the ball rolling. This is the candle that launched between 2.30 and 2.45. Notice that it is green and leads into the 2.45 to 3 o'clock being massively green. What was discussed in this window? People are gonna read as bullish, and I have a take that I think is very contrary. I actually think this is bearish. And that point that Jerome asked, is, one, one of the questions asked to him was, was 75 basis points considered? Do we think 75 basis points is coming anytime soon? In which case, Jerome actually admitted that it was not even on the table. They do not have any plans to do a 75 basis points anytime soon. And in fact, when he even asked, okay, was it maybe next month? He said, it's going to take months of data to actually warrant them even discussing 75. So in other words, what he is saying is that we now have bought ourselves multiple months, at least two, if not three or four months of no table for 75 basis points. Now, this is when the market responded bullish. This is where these green candles came from responding because that means for all of you traders and investors out here, short-term Bitcoin is going to be bullish. My issue with this, and you can come off the screen for just a second, my issue with the 75 basis point, 50 basis point argument is this. I am okay with the 50 basis points remark. I'm okay with us only staying right there if that's what the data shows. But the fact that 75 wasn't even considered and will not be considered, here's the we do know as the people that I feel like Jerome tried to kind of belittle or not make such a big deal. This is not normal inflation. This is historic inflation. The US dollar is absolutely being obliterated right now. Everything that we had to do through that pandemic, we understood that those of you who follow this knew when we were getting those checks, when we were getting all these discounts, when, when foreclosures were illegal, we knew, all right, this is nice for our feelings right now, but we're gonna pay the consequences later. That time is now, the consequences are now. And Jerome Powell went on to say, hey, we're gonna do everything we can within our power to curb this, but that's just not the case. It sounds like really sweet words. He did a really good job of kind of being a very soothed, Speaker to make people calm down and say, We know what we're doing. We're going to take care of this. But when you look at the numbers, when you look at the inflation rate, it's going to take a very aggressive, aggressive take in interest rates and other moves from the Fed. Here is the problem, though. His move of saying, We're not even considering 75, we're sticking with 50. He even kind of laid a foundation for thought that we're not even guaranteeing that next month or the month after that will be 50 basis points. We might be able to resort back to 25. Those of you who understand economics and those of you who understand, the significance of the current rates of inflation, know that that is absolutely ludicrous, that we do need to be extremely aggressive. So him simply saying, we're not even considering 75, and actually we're considering going back to 25, is actually him trying to curb people who don't really understand what's happening, to make them feel better, to make them feel confident, because he wants the economy still to thrive. But unfortunately, the economy depends on people spending money right now. It causes people to be kind of irresponsible with their money, and leads to things like what we have right now, where people ask for handouts, they want to go buy everything. And then they realize later, oh no, my dollar sucks. This is worthless. The problem I have is not 50 basis points. The problem I have is what he is doing to both the U.S. dollar and assets and stock markets in general. So let me go ahead and clarify what my thoughts are there. And then we'll go back to the charts and we'll look at price action. 50 basis points does not fix inflation it's going to be more aggressive, okay? That's just clear cut. They have to do more than 50 basis points. They need to tackle this aggressively. Here is the problem. While 50 basis points for right now, the price on Bitcoin had been worked in, and actually, sorry, go to my chart real quick here. Smay, I wanna show them. We talked about this yesterday, that the this, this downfall we've had over the last couple of weeks was actually the anticipation of 50 basis points, so we are coming back up, but it's not going to be enough to rally us back over the 50s, into the 60s, maybe even hit new all-time highs, because there's still that that cloud of realizing inflation's still on the table. There's still going to be a problem. What happens if the data comes out here in a couple of months that they do actually have to crush and go heavy with interest rates, which is a high probability? So there's going to always be this looming bearish pressure on top of Bitcoin. Can Bitcoin get back up to 50000 Absolutely it can. But can it go much higher without fear? No. There's so much FUD in the market about what is going to be happening with the economy, with the U.S. dollar. That is the bearish pressure. So that's the first thing. When it comes to assets, when it comes specifically to Bitcoin, He did not solve and make Bitcoin better. That's okay. I'm all right with the market moving sideways I'm okay if for the rest of the year we continue to bounce between 30 to 50,000 traders can make some money It's some great opportunities to to buy low sell high and make some money Here's the problem. 50 basis points didn't solve assets and stocks. It also didn't solve the US dollar. The dollar will continue to inflate. So, for anyone who has a lot of money who can be patient, like an institution or a whale or someone who's just financially well off, that's good. You can just be patient. You can just keep going. My frustration with this announcement and the take that the Fed is having is that they're going to put a lot of middle class and lower income families into a no win situation where both they do not have enough resources to invest in crypto or the stock market, and they also Will continue to have their US dollar be dragged out from beneath them, the value will continue to decline, prices will continue to go up. So you're kind of putting a lot of people here in the United States in a lose-lose situation. If anyone's wondering why I was so frustrated with that announcement, it's not because I think that Bitcoin's gonna crash. The truth is it's because I think Bitcoin's gonna stay boring, which is okay, but at the same time as it stays boring, my money will become less valuable and it's a lose-lose situation. That is my take. I would love, I would love for you guys to in comments in chat. Let me know what you think. If you disagree with me, I'm all about people disagree with me. If T. T-Shirt disagrees with me, I'll give him here a platform here just to say, Tim, I don't think that's how it works. And if you guys know anyone else that you would love to bring on our channel to talk with me and convince me that I am wrong, I am all about being wrong. It's just in this case, when I'm looking at the data, when I'm looking at the information, when I'm paying attention to all of the economical surroundings, I don't believe that I am. I do think that this is going to be, this was a kind of a weak move from the Fed that is not actually gonna help. It's gonna make people feel better temporarily Barely, but we're still going to kick the consequences of these actions down the road. That being said, let's go ahead and jump onto some more charts and look at what is happening. Now, I, I showed you guys here what I was saying ago. I'm going to go back to this real quick on a shorter time frame, 15 minutes. As you guys know, I was talking about this a little bit, we came up and we hit $40,000. That's what Kelly predicted. Had, you know, hat off to Kelly. Kelly actually not only predicted the 50 basis points. He said the minimum was 39.5. He believed the day would end around 39.5. It sure enough did. It. We actually even got to 40. But we are falling right now. So these are the two points right here I have marked out, and we already broke one of them when I made this mark here uh, over a half hour ago. We hadn't yet broken through it, but these are the two levels of support that I do think potentially are going to come. I'm okay with this little volatility right here. In fact, traders love this. The reason I think these levels are significant, and theoretically speaking, we could go lower. I'm going to show you. Right here, and I was using uh, just a temporary uh, uh, Fibonacci retracement. So this is what was happening right here. We did rally from right here, to the bottom around 37.5. We came up to 40,000. So these two levels right here, the 0.382 and the 0.5. Potentially, I should put even another line right here around the the 0.618. And this is what would form our golden pocket right here in this region. This level, let me put that price up here, would be about. I do believe that potentially, as much as we're coming down right now, we're going to find support. We were going to find support at one of these levels. It wasn't 0.382. It looks like at the moment we're hovering around 0.5, but potentially we could even drop down to 38.4 and hit on that 0.618 or somewhere in this golden pocket before we see a rally coming. I do think a rally is coming because, again, as much as my frustration is about the long term of Bitcoin, or sorry, let's call it intermediate, because long term meaning years and years and years, Bitcoin's still going up and right. When I'm talking about the rest of this year, though, I do think it's going to suppress Bitcoin's rally, but for right now, I do think the bulls have enough... power, they do have enough momentum and much bullish movement that they can take back control. This just just a retrace after we went all the way up to 40,000. But when I switch over and looking at the daily chart, there these are the prices that I'm looking at as we rally that potentially, if you are a trader, if you're saying, all right, you know, even if the Bitcoin price doesn't shoot up to 100,000 here anytime soon, I can still trade and make some marks using the same Fibonacci retracement, just in a different way. These are the levels that I think are actually really significant. I have the mark, but I'm showing you if you go from the top of this peak that we had back on this day, back in the 28th of March, Ooh, it was my birthday. That was the peak. Look at that, and then you come to the bottom right here, where we had 37.3. These are the marks that I have listed right here. So we have our 0.618, we have our 0.5, then we have our golden pocket form, 0.382, and 0.236. So I don't, I can get rid of my Fibonacci retracement. When we start to rally, these are the levels. Look at the significance already we use the 0.236. We already have used that as resistance, but as I told you before, when you're looking at smaller timeframes, I do believe there's a rally coming. There's a base of support. The next levels to be watching is 41.2, 42.2, and 43.6. These are key levels on Fibonacci retracement that could, it doesn't stop us. I still believe that potentially here, we could rally all the way back up to these the top support line, start knocking on 50 here in the next couple of weeks based off of that bullish Outlook short term that the Fed gave us, but these are key levels. If you are trading to watch, potentially we're going to see some bounces on here, and it's going to recoil and then begin to rally. That is what I'm looking at right now on the technicals. Those are the levels that I think are significant. Again, th- around 38, potentially 38 to uh, 38.4 is where we're going to see maybe a bounce, start to rally again. But then look out for 39.7, look out for 41, 42, and 43. t-shroom are you seeing anything different than that, or what is your take about this short term technicals? And what we see coming in the future for Bitcoin? Oh, I think it
2: looks it looks pretty good. If, if if you look at my chart now, it that actually looks a lot like what you were just drawing, which is <clears throat> essentially um, well for Tim who can't see it. It's the it's the different uh, basis point tranches. So my prediction for if it were to stay. At 0.5, and again, these were rough predictions. But if we were to if we were to do a, a, a 50 basis point increase, that that price has largely stayed in that zone. Um, and again, that was a rough drawing. But but that's that's kind of what I have to add. Uh, the other thing too, Tim, to mm-hmm. to push back a little bit on what yeah. you're saying, is uh, and also to give a little bit of insight on why it's not so easy for the for the market to just uh, you know, throw a tantrum and start to sell off um, because the market plays along with the Fed. There's a trope in the market you never fight the Fed. And so financial advisors and giant hedge funds and, and giant banks, they, they tend to play along with the Fed and they kind of get their cues of what they're gonna invest in kind of based on what the Fed does and, and fighting the Fed is something that's kind of socially uh, unacceptable in the financial world, the tradfi world at least. So uh, that's that's one reason why I think that the Fed usually wins. The, the Fed usually uh, comes out looking good in the eyes of the public. They don't. The public uh, doesn't see kind of the. The short-sightedness of the Fed, they see more, oh, the Fed put more money in my pocket. The Fed uh, saved us from this uh, recession. And in the back of their mind, the Fed has a positive connotation. Uh, the other the other
1: point I would well, make- Well, let, let me pause you right there. So when you say they saved us from the recession, did they save us from the recession or did, did they delay the recession? They delayed the recession. Exactly. That's not saving us from a recession. That's kicking the can down the road.
2: Right, right. And so, yeah, but I don't think that the public can really be educated well enough uh just you know without short of going to an economics course which even those are Uh are biased towards the fed and the federal policy of the government uh you know so uh but one thing one thing i did want to read uh was this uh this article what uh where it says Heralding uh, one of the most hawkish policy pivots in years, the central bank said Wednesday it would double the pace at which it's scaling back its purchases of treasuries and mortgage-backed securities to $30 billion a month, putting it on track to conclude the program in early 22 rather than mid-year as initially planned. So this is the other side of the coin. This is the other lever that the Fed has at its, at its disposal which is it's bond buying policy. And it was, it was really, really intense during the pandemic. I believe it got up to 60 every month. And, and now they're saying that they're, they're having that uh, purchasing policy Mm. uh, earlier than expected. And that, that, that policy will actually end um, earlier than they thought earlier Mm. than, than what the public was thinking. So not only are they pretty are they pretty hawkish historically on the rate hikes, doing a double rate hike, uh, but also they're they're pretty hawkish with their bond buying policy. Again, that other lever that they have, which really isn't being covered in the news uh, very much. So, so what I'd say is, but this still isn't hawkish enough. This still isn't addressing the underlying issues uh, of inflation, uh, which I have another chart pulled up if you look uh, this is what the inflation rate looks like right now and you'll see the last time that it got anywhere near close to where it was in 2008 right in the housing crisis but it's but it's it's about double what what it was then um, a little less than that and and then you see the charts you, you see the, uh, the the spikes way back and this is the you know the 1980s this is when we had uh, really bad inflation but um, you can back up to me now so but all this comes together in in Ultimately, Tim, I have to agree with you. Like, there's really not much I can disagree yeah. with. Um, the only people that would disagree with you are, are folks sitting as professors in Ivy League schools that, that yes. want to be the next Fed uh, chairman. And so they have every incentive to kind of echo and parrot the uh, speaking points of the Federal Reserve, uh, you know, and, what, and that's what they're going to continue what, to do. What,
1: what I, think, I think the Fed is doing, and I will not go so far as to say the Fed hates us or does not want us to succeed. I think some people maybe had that opinion. They think that about all of politics. What I think, though, is that they care more about their public perception than they care about actually helping us. Now, it would be very good for their public perception if everything was fixed and everything went back to normal. They would love it, but their reason for loving it wasn't for our sake. It was because now we like them. And you're right. I think that they want to skew everything. I'm going to sneeze. I feel like I have a tickle in my nose. So if I sneeze, forgive me. What they're doing though is whatever it takes to make them continue to look good. And here's the problem. They even have some really fancy data. For example, I've even seen people talk in chat about the, the they don't think a recession's coming because of the unemployment rate and the amount of jobs that are open. So I was actually here and I'm gonna shout out to another content creator and that is Crypto's RS, George. He actually, you know, he's bullish on this. He thinks the short term is bullish, but one thing he talked about on his show that I absolutely agree with is he was very confused about some of the data that he was giving about the unemployment rate. And about right now, technically speaking, for every unemployed person we have, there's 1.9 job openings. All right, so that is a great metric if you are Jerome Powell and if you're the Fed to give, to make people think, oh, oh, we're good. Okay, no, there's a lot of job openings. So even if we lower the demand and even if we incentivize businesses to, to create less jobs, we still just have so many of them. It's gonna be good. Do you know what the number one job opening is right now that is in mass demand that people need filled or else they might have to shut down their business? It's restaurant business. It's waiters. It's cooks. If an unemployed person, if someone is, a, is an office worker, if they're an accountant, if they're a salesman, you think that they're going to go pick up a waiter job or a cook job at a local restaurant? That's not true. But the data the Fed is using is this, all this, oh, there's so many job openings. Well, What if those job openings suck? What if those job openings are well beneath the people that actually need jobs? I don't think that that data is as comforting as we actually think it is. And as I, I understand the economic pressure of saying, hey, we're going to fix supply and demand. Right now, we have so much more demand than we have supply. We're in a lower demand. I understand it. It is going to cause some businesses to stop hiring. It's going to stop innovation of businesses, which will affect the economy. But again, I think as maybe the numbers won't reflect the unemployment rate going up. But there's a difference between what numbers say and what reality is. And reality is there are going to be people who lose jobs. There will be people who take pay cuts. There are be people who do not do everything they could do and it's because the fed wants to keep kicking the can down the road. I'm not saying if they had announced 75 basis points that there wouldn't be pain. There would be pain, but the pain would come quicker and it would be gone quicker. So like right now, for example, I even saw someone in chat say, "Oh, I'm so glad Tim is off the $20,000 bear train." I was really never on the $20,000 bear train. What I was on is more like 32, 30,000. I want to lay out two scenarios for you, and I'm going to tell you why I would prefer it. If we went to 30, 32 right now, I believe the path to 100 would be quicker. So why do I want a 30 or 32? It's not so I can get it lower and pump my bags. I probably would buy if we went down to 32, but that's not the reason. The reason is because I want to see the market move in a healthy way. I want to see the market get set up for people to succeed. I don't root for a downside for Selfish reasons. I root for it because it would be best for the market. But us not going down, and I do think we're going to see a lower price than what we currently have seen here in the year of 2022. But I think it's going to be delayed, and it's also not only going to delay the bottom; it's going to delay the top. When we hit those bottoms sooner, it will give us the motivation, the spring, and the supply down low to actually warrant a high sky, a high rocket of price. But this boring price action is going to suppress and continue to flood out investors. I, I don't even think a lot of you. I think. Every single person invested in Bitcoin has at least had the thought come across their mind. Maybe it's time to leave Bitcoin. Maybe it's time to leave crypto because there's not a space I can make money here. Let me go find another venture where I can make money. That's fine. I also, I want people to succeed economically, but with crypto being the future, I want to incentivize and encourage as many of my friends and family that I care about and I love to get invested now, to take the, the pain now, because when we're looking 5, 10, 15, 20 years now back, we're going to be so excited that we went ahead and took the, that step and invest it. But with a boring price action of 30 to 50 constantly happening, experienced traders will benefit. But the average Joe, the average retail investor will not be encouraged to jump in. They will actually stay on the sideline. So that is my kind of take on why I don't really love what's happening here. And you're absolutely right, t The Fed wants to be liked. They're going to do things. People are going to support them because that's just how the world works. The difference is we are moving into day and age of society where people will stop just listening to the government and what the people who just want to support the government say, and they'll listen to people who want to speak reality. And I'm not trying to say that I am the ultimate form of truth. I'm not trying to say I'm the smartest person in the world. I'm very far from it. In fact, I don't even want to put myself on a pedestal to say I understand more than Jerome Powell. Jerome Powell is an intelligent, very smart, well-educated man. I think he knows what he's doing, and I don't think his motivation is to fix the economy. His motivation is to keep his job, and he understands how to play the game. That is my take. But we're gonna go in and transition here. Uh, we did some TA, we talked about the Fed, we might even discuss a little bit more, but we're gonna go ahead and transition into some super chats. But first, we actually have a word from another sponsor, and that is Link2. So we uh, Link2 or Link2.com, Link2 offers the average investors access to the world's top unicorn. So that means like a a private company with greater than one billion dollar valuation. Traditionally, only two percent of the world's accredited investors have had access to private markets, and those elite investors have had an an average investment of seven. $7.5 million. But Link2 is democratizing private investments by offering a private shares of companies like Ripple, Uphold, Dapper Labs, BitPay and BlockFi for a minimum as low as $10,000. Given pending recession, inflation and volatility of public equity markets, more investors are exploring private markets. While we can't promise every Link2 listing will go public, the, companies have a, the company has a fantastic track record including exits like Coinbase, Robinhood, SoFi, Marketa and Innovium Innovium in I don't don't know if I know how that one's pronounced. On a credibility note, Link2 is compliant in over 100 countries globally and has over $120 million of investment on the platform. Go to Link2.com to automate the SEC's process to become an accredited investor today and then access pre-IPO investments, proprietary research, and check out the prices on shares of Ripple Labs before the SEC lawsuit settles. And I know I just read all that because I wanted to make sure I got my information right, but this is actually really cool. And you guys heard it right there in the reading right now there are private companies that are going to explode that have not gone public but it seems like only the elite are able to have access to them link Two is lurking to tackle that to allow the everyday man the every the small companies to invest in these companies early before they explode make sure if that interests you you go sign up with link to.com the script the, the link's in the description down below but let's go ahead and do some super chats and before we get there we have almost 1100 people watching 451 likes it's actually not even a bad uh Little ratio right there. But I think we can do higher. I do think we can get 1,000 likes. And you know what? All it takes is 1,000 people. We got 1,100 of them. Even if 100 of you don't want to hit the like button, and that's okay. I understand. Not everyone likes us. That makes me sad, but it's okay. The rest of you, though. You can hit that like button, share it with your friends. We have some super chats, though, I think, that I'm gonna go over here and uh, read. Yeah, we have a good amount here. So, Taryn Crypto said, Tim, I updated my Bitcoin daily wedge from yesterday and tweeted it to you. Set to break in September, not December. You do a great job in Jeb seats. What does L-A-A-P mean? Not the most, uh, uh. lap, la lap? Well, thank you, Tarant Crypto. I'll have to check that out. I didn't get to check my Twitter this morning before going on the show, but uh, thank you so much. We have a donation from G-Code Jedi. No no uh, message there, but thank you so much for the donation. Siobhan Golay, is Bitcoin repeating the history by going low this year? I don't know if I know exactly what you're saying. T-Shroom, do you know what he might be referring to with the history remark? Uh, I think he's, he's talking about like like Wyckoff cycles. or like. Is he maybe talking like, about the four-year cycle? Because yes. I know that's another big debate is, are we going to break the four-year cycle? I know Ben you know, interesting enough, from BitBoy, he's actually, he thinks we're still on track to continue the four-year cycle. Don't know if I fully agree with him, but I might be in closer to that debt, because like I said, I I think this whole situation we just had with the Fed, traders, it's gonna be great, volatility, but average investor who's waiting and has been sitting here waiting since 2021 to hit 100,000, they thought maybe early 2022. Now it's like, oh, well, maybe late 2022 by the end. That, in my personal belief, I'm now moving my $100,000 prediction into at least early, if not mid to late 2023. Yeah. But a lot of things could change. We'll, if anything does change, we'll update you guys. That's the good thing about these predictions and is we're not going to lock ourselves in and just be prideful to it. If we think if we change our mind on something, we're going to let you know. And yeah. I and I'm finding myself
2: more and more in the camp of Bitcoin's uh, mega bull and bear cycles. Are, are not really reoccurring at this point. I think we're in a new market, That, but but uh, that's just me.
1: Yeah. Uh, oh, we did, okay, so G, G-Code Jedi, he did give, again, he said, you're underappreciating the effects of the balance sheet reductions. Balance sheet reductions are greater than rate increases at this point. Example, mortgage rates. <laughs> okay, do you have any thoughts on that, t shroom?
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't... <sighs> I, that's definitely not the way that the news covered it yeah and maybe that's on purpose but but the news definitely was way more focused on the basis point the double basis point increase uh rather than the the having of the balance sheet before uh it was expected to be have that but it is important and it's it's undercovered. and that's why that's why i brought it up that's why i wanted to read it i don't know if it's more important i just don't know i'm not mm. you know from my from my point of view it is I think it probably is, but that's not the way that the news covered it. And it's not the way that an, an economic class would cover it either.
1: Yeah, just even reading chat, the chat just came in from Freedom Advocate said, What happened to the 400K prediction in 2024, Tim? Well, first of all, that was a very loose prediction. It's really hard to predict that far out. But here's what I will say, Freedom Advocate I'm not even ready to, to throw in the towel on that because we were talking with the team earlier. Honestly, my personal belief of what price is going to happen, even if it's suppressed, I do think suppression is going to lead. Bitcoin's an unstoppable trade. Crypto's an unstoppable train. The price will go up into the right. I still think that by 20. 20- 24, we're talking two years from now even if we trickle into uh, even if we trickle into 2023 still under $100,000 if we if a, if a, a match gets lit and a spring happens correctly, and there's a perfect marriage of both pressure from retail and institutional adoption to happen, That 2024, 400000 is definitely within the cards. If you had backed us up, and I know I wasn't wholly invested in this at this time, but when I'm studying my history and I'm talking to people who are there, if you back us up into 2020, who predicted and who thought or at least what was the average thought? Did anyone think that by 2024 as a long-term outlook, and I'm not going to marry myself to that prediction and say it's a guarantee, it's definitely well within the cards, though, to be over 400000 in 2024. Last Super Chat we have here, and then we're going to transition back into some conversation about Elon and Binance. Uh, Chris Moe said, Tim and crew, while we do, of course, miss Jeb, you guys are doing an incredible job on these streams. Tim's hosting chops are on point, and y'all are awesome co-hosts. What a great crew. Keep it up. Thank you so much, Chris. That's really encouraging. Again, it's we do miss Jeb as well. For anyone who doesn't know, who wasn't able to tune in, I think people probably respond in chat. Um, Jeb's wife miscarried here. A couple days ago. So, Jeb is at home with his wife. They are grieving. um, And I I told him to take all the time he needs. Of course, I just went through this again myself a week ago. So, this is it's kind of like a one two punch to this whole company. Jeb and I are the two hosts, and we have been walking through this. Um, The good news is there's healing on the other side. Jeb will be back. He'll be stronger. And um, yeah, so just continue to pray for him and love on him as best you can. But let's go ahead and transition into our next discussion. Again, this is a story breaking, I believe it was this morning, T-shirt, and the story broke, correct? That's correct, Tim. <laughs> I love the, the change in pace of the voice. But you can go to my screen here, May Binance commits $500 million to co-invest in Twitter with Elon Musk. So, the, we talked about this a little bit earlier. I discussed this. This is actually really interesting, because when you scroll and you look at this, the first thing I'll say right here, Binance is among 18 co-investors. So, while the headline is Binance, it's the big one, we're going to look at those other companies here in just a second. But just a second, it's not just Binance. There's 18 companies that I've invested. But I think what was really kind of interesting is the the quotes that we get from, from the CEO. Uh, of Binance, saying a small contribution to the cause. What is the cause? I mean, a lot of people are saying that this, this cause of having the freedom of speech, this concept of bringing decentralization even into the social world, where it's not decentralized in terms of power, where we're gonna all own Twitter, it's gonna be owned, it's still centralized in its ownership, but it is almost a decentralization of allowing you to have control over what you wanna say and not feel like you're gonna be punished for it. Binance is not notorious for being decentralized in fact actually Binance is extremely centralized so before we jump into all these other companies and do and talk about the other effects of this and what it might do to the price of Binance, what it might do to the price of the rest of the crypto, what it might do to Twitter itself. t shirt what are your thoughts about a, a centralized company, a centralized uh, Binance, feeling like they're jumping on the train of almost decentralization of social media?
2: Yeah, I think Binance really does kind of take the cake of this story, uh, because, and, and the news is reflecting that, Twitter is reflecting that, no pun intended, it's Twitter buying itself. Yeah. But... Um, I, I think that uh, so. So Elon has had some spouts in the past with uh, Binance. Uh, one time, uh, Dogecoin was getting stuck on Binance somehow, and Elon approached uh, CZ on uh, on Twitter about it, and they had a little back and forth. This was yeah. a couple of years ago. But uh, that kind of also shows you Elon's dedication and loyalty to, to Doge. They're just out of nowhere, he's super concerned about that. Um, but so there hasn't, it's not been the, the best relationship, but it's also been a fairly neutral relationship. And now for Binance to come on, you know, Tim was kind of speculating that there, were, there was not much of a, like Elon doesn't absolutely love Binance, but yeah. then he's kind of letting, letting them come in on in this deal. I take a little bit more uh, liberty with my my opinion. I think that Binance here is positioning itself to be the the crypto, be the blockchain that will underpin Twitter's validation and verification infrastructure. I think that because that's that was my initial thought when I saw this story was okay. Binance won, Binance, or at least Binance is in the running. I right. think Dogecoin is definitely still in the in the running, um, and I can't believe I'm saying that. But Elon really likes Doge, and he has he, some, does. he has some decent reasons for that. But uh, yeah, so so I think. You know that that's kind of the race I've been watching, and it's important, right? Because I think that wh- whatever Twitter becomes, and you know, I'm at this point, we I'm assuming a large range of what it could become. It could crash and burn, <laughs> or it or it could become, you know, something really, really cool and something really innovative that that we've never seen in the social, social media space. And all the transactions, all the validation could. Uh, really support uh, binance from a from a um, proof of stake and a proof I don't think binance is proof of work anymore but it could it could be uh, a huge revenue generator for that community and personally the centralization aspect of it I think it is a problem um, I think that that's that's probably the 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 sour note on this whole story is that binance isn't probably the coin that you want to win the day here, but it has proven itself to be popular and to have staying power. And CZ is still definitely very, it's CZ its leader. uh, Um. Binance's leader is, is still very much in the good graces of the crypto community. You know, it just, it just happens to be that, that uh, that they're not all as decentralized as what a lot of people think they are. Um, Also one thing that was interesting, if you come to my screen really quick, um, Sme, I found this interesting. Uh, CZ retweeted this today. This is a quote in another language. I assume it's Chinese, a Mandarin. I don't know. But uh, what I thought was interesting was that he's he's taking the time to address a foreign audience, so a non-American audience on his Twitter. So maybe... Perhaps this move is best. Inter- you can come off that if you were still on it. Maybe this move is best interpreted not by an American audience. Um, I know that social media is a really big hot button issue because of the the, social, the freedom of speech implications of it, and of course China, you know, has a lot to say about free speech, and they we don't you know they don't use Twitter, they don't use Facebook in China legally, and so you know this could be Cz kind of saying to you know the the Far East. Uh, if you will the you know especially China and other countries that limit free speech hey look you know we were originally uh, binance was pretty close with China they pulled away and now they're kind of is he saying nana nana boo-boo like we're in we're fully in on free speech now mm-hmm. or or it could be you know potentially something much more nefarious which is like hey <laughs> we got them. <laughs> you know join us and, and help take over this platform now I think that's probably a lot less likely um, but it's it's Interesting that he's signaling something to a uh, an Asian audience uh, on his English uh, Twitter account. So, you know, that's something worthy of note. But this certainly, there's, there's certainly a lot more uh, meat to pick on this bone of this story. So, Tim, I'll let you take it to the well,
1: next chapter. Yeah, I'm going to show them. I told them we would let them know the other companies who are investing. And so, if you go to my screen here, Sme, I'm going to show you guys if I don't get some of these names wrong, it's some of them I haven't even seen here. But here's the other companies that are co investing. Again, this is a co investment with. Uh, Elon AM, AM Management and Consulting. Don't know what that one is. AH Capital Management. Alia Capital Partners. Bamco Incorporated. Binance, of course. Brookfield. DFJ Growth. IB Partners. Fidelity Management. That They've been in the news here recently. Uh, <laughs> getting in trouble here with uh, Elizabeth Warren. That's probably a different video, though, we're going to talk about. Uh, Honeycomb Assets Management. Key Wealth Advisors. Lawrence J. Ellison. Revocable Trust. What is that? Litani, Litani Venture. Qatar Holding, Sequoia Capital Fund, Stress Capital, Trezor Treasure Boulevard, Treasure Boulevard, Vi Capital, Whitcoff Capital. So there's actually a couple other crypto companies coming in and in co-investing as well. But of course, Binance is the big name. And so here's when I'm kind of transitioning this conversation here a little bit. You know, it's made a good point. Smey, do you want to make that point? Do you want me to make it for you here about that? You can that? go ahead. You know, so he, he texted me and I said this a little bit. He is absolutely right. It's kind of funny that the perception of what Twitter is doing is is almost moving towards a decentralization thought. It's it in on paper, it's the exact opposite. I mean, the idea of there being several owners and investors and being publicly owned company of Twitter and now moving to being private and majority owned by one human. That is, uh, or at least one company. I don't know. Is, it, is Elon technically the owner, or is it Tesla that owns the company? I think it's. I Elon. think it's Elon. It's I think he personally owns Tesla. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't know if he was. I didn't know because he can do anything yeah. he wants with yeah. Tesla. Yeah, there was one Tesla more. is just an extension of Elon. So there was
2: one more on the list. I don't know if you have that. SEC. Oh, it's the the one below. A2. Is yeah. it
1: H R H Prince, Prince
2: Alawi bin, bin Talal bin Abdulaziz? It's a kingdom, Asulud. So he is yeah. a prominent figure. I don't know. We hadn't. We didn't have time to research all these entities. Yeah. But I researched him briefly, and he looks to be a prominent figure in the Saudi world. I won't say Saudi government or Saudi business because I don't know. And a lot of times, it's kind of bl- a lot of blurred lines there. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, it says kingdom in parentheses, well, so it's probably some kind of combination of Saudi Aramco and the Saudi government.
1: Either way, either way, getting back to the point of Twitter and Elon, it is not decentralized. It is, I mean, it's getting about as centralized as they come. But what he is doing with a business, the truth is, we need to remember, it is okay for businesses to be centralized. I think this anger of seeing our money be centralized has caused us to almost just despise the word centralized and anything that is centralized. Businesses have to be centralized. I mean, this company right here, this YouTube channel is centralized. Jeb is the owner. He is the 100% owner. There is no one other than Jeb that owns any stock in what we do here at this channel, what we do in our business, what we do, you know, he is as centralized as they come. It's okay to be centralized. The question is, are you serving the the features of decentralization for when it comes to things like uh, monetary or uh, financial woes? Every single fiat currency centralizes they come. Central banks, governments, crypto as a whole though, is working on creating DeFi, which is of course decentralized finance. I think that Twitter and what Elon wants to do is move in the direction of serving that as much as he can. What I find interesting about Binance is, of course, is that that, that article talked about he has been actually known to did not really like Binance. He actually even started a Twitter battle Twitter battle with them. Well, I don't know why that was hard to say. Twitter battle with them last year because I guess there's a, a problem related to Dogecoin getting stuck and he asking what what's happening there. He has not necessarily been a fan of Binance, but potentially is this him saying, you know what, if they want to come in and help, maybe I'll have influence over them. What do you think, T-Shroom, the impact? Let's just start with Binance for a second. Do you think that this will be it's clearly already slightly bullish, but do you think this is going to be massively bullish that potentially could even help Binance begin to actually compete with Ethereum in terms of market cap? Or do you think that this is kind of just a drop in the bucket when it comes to that? Uh, if I'm being
2: honest, I think I think this is a buy the rumor uh, yeah. and then hold the news. Uh, well, I don't know if you would agree with this yet, Tim. Let me, let me finish. So I think that right now... Binance, I don't think it's only marginally up on this. It's not up like
1: it's just it's just up. It's it's risen more in the last 24 hours than the other top 10 coins. Right, and I would imagine that this has a lot to do with that.
2: Right. So so it's it's doing well on this news, but I think that whatever comes next with Twitter, because right, because Elon doesn't even technically own Twitter yet. Uh, all that's happened is that the board of Twitter has accepted. Uh, the price essentially and they're in talks and it's looking good it's looking eminent but it's not it's not official so twitter hasn't changed what what will happen what will change with twitter it that is going to depend on and and that will be determinant of what happens with binance's price because if they come out and they just shock and awe and they just everybody in the crypto and the social media tech space are freaking out like holy crap this is there's so much innovation there's so much unprecedented technology here that's been uh, baked into Twitter's uh, platform now and it's just, it's awesome and the experience is enhanced. You know, you could see quite a precipitous incline on on Binance coin because then it will be seen as on the train of success, on the train of this awesome uh, compelling story in America and and around the world, but you know if it comes out and Twitter's not really different, and they really haven't solved the bot problem, and freedom of speech is still sketchy and or mm. whatever else, uh, maybe it's buggy or maybe they they went too hard. Whatever, however the media spends it as well, you know that's going to be por- portrayed and could potentially look negatively on um, the price of Binance. Um, so. We'll see. I mean, it's it's easier for me to say we'll see, but I think that at this point, it's probably worth it. In in terms of a moon bag, I think it's worth it because you know what it Elon's track record is is pretty excellent, right? When he when and he's been very confident and, and very vocal and public. He's not trying to hide that he's buying Twitter here. I think he's got something up his sleeve. I think he knows it. I think of, you know, probably the people who are on that SEC filing sheet know it, uh, what it what Twitter's gonna look like. Mm-hmm. And I think I think probably he's gonna hit it out of the park, folks. I, that that's my personal opinion. And it looks like there's a coin that you can buy that's gonna be right on that train with
1: it. Do but, you think do you think there's gonna be any big impact to Twitter itself with this partnership or this co-investing with Binance? Uh, I don't think that Binance will be as interested
2: in in the UI, UX of, of yeah. Twitter. No, I think that they're they're looking more to associate for, I mean, the story that I've derived is that they're gonna be the blockchain that underpins Twitter's verification infrastructure, right? Yeah. That, that's, that's what I care about. I don't think I'm gonna be seeing like some kind of binance like button or something like that I, I don't think that they care about uh, the user experience anywhere near as much
1: well I do I mean so here's the thing I as we wrap up this one I do think that this is good publicity for binance I do think that there's gonna be some short-term bullish action here I think even potentially it does have the potential of giving binance maybe an edge up on some other of its competitors uh, being that it's invested there in Twitter I, I'm gonna imagine it's gonna have its name more there somewhere I do think though that potentially this could be uh, this could be something that might not actually amount to a whole heck of a lot. Again, it, I don't know if Elon has. While he's allowing them to co-invest, I don't know if Elon is pro-Binance. I think he's just maybe not as anti-Binance as potentially he was here a year ago. Uh, What would be interesting to see if his other blockchain technologies, other cryptos, get more involved with Twitter, as Twitter potentially and most likely will become the number one social media What? Platform for crypto companies to be able to actually promote and do what they need to do to grow their coins, to grow their projects, to grow their businesses. Uh, It's going to be probably, unless something else comes out better, the most crypto friendly platform. So I think this is a really cool opportunity for other, uh, not only exchanges, not only projects, not only coins, but other crypto and blockchain companies to get involved with a company that, even though it's centralized, will serve the needs and desires of the DeFi world. So let's go ahead. I don't know if we have any super chats as we transition away from that, but is there any questions, anything you guys saw in chat that you thought would be really interesting to discuss? Were there any good questions or uh, should we begin wrapping up the show?
2: Uh, somebody, Kelly R said, this is not uh, Kelly Kellum. Kelly R said, T-Shroom would be a great newscaster, especially in hard times. Reminds me of John Hope from the Weather Channel. Wow. That's, I think that's the compliment. That, that feels like a compliment.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh. The uh, freedom advocate just said he just saved billion. I'm assuming he's talking about CZ. Just saved billions in advertising by owning Twitter. I don't know. We'll see. I, I, that's something with yeah, the significance true. of it. It's it's really it's a really juicy headline. It five hundred million dollars is a lot of money. I don't have five hundred million dollars. I wish I had five hundred million dollars. But five hundred million out of forty four billion is not a whole. It's not like a massive amount. Um, so I don't know what the deal he's gonna get if he gonna if he's gonna get. A space. I mean, obviously, it'll up. His, he'll be able to up his presence. It'll be known. It'll be done. But as T. Shim even said, I don't think we're talking about now seeing a Binance-like coin offering on there. Sorry, not offering, but like a, you can now donate. And, and like the way you can do with Ethereum and Bitcoin right now, you're not going to see that necessarily with Binance. But we'll see. There's a lot there that needs to be kind of uncovered. Uh, you know, there, a super chat just came in from Elliot Locke saying, the news is partisan. Tinfoil hat mags. Max have more facts in them. With the midterm coming, he is just trying to keep his job. Uh, this po- this poses the question: After the midterms, would he go with the seventy five basis points or more? It's a good question, Elliot. So you know, I don't. I, it, it's a good with with his position. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of how to phrase the question with his position. Do you think that after the elections it would he would be incentivized to actually go 75? Do you think that would even factor in?
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay. And someone else uh, said this in the chat earlier about the midterms. And, and I think I brought it up when we were covering this on Tuesday, uh, is that the midterms definitely play into this. Uh, yeah. That's something that you haven't really seen in the news a whole lot, because there's been a lot of news with the Supreme Court, yeah. right, that has diverted attention, Um. And there's a lot of, you know, there's whether the timing on that was was coincidental, you know, nobody will ever really know. But I think that. Uh, so, yeah, uh, ultimately, Jerome Powell works at the at the behest of uh, Congress. But Joe Biden has a lot of influence on Congress, the, mm-hmm. the current u.s president has a lot of influence on congress and uh you know if, if jerome powell wants to keep his job you know how happy does he need to keep joe biden i'd like to think that with the diversification of powers the decentralization of powers you could say within the u.s government that he doesn't care at all but the reality is is that jerome powell very much wants to keep joe, joe biden happy um yes it, it, yeah so so ultimately you know once joe biden is no longer in the equation right and there's some other person there is is it more is it going to be a better opportunity for jerome powell to go ahead and do a triple rate hike it, yes that would be a better opportunity because mm-hmm. you know uh, unless he wants to build a great a uh, start a great relationship with whatever new uh, regime is coming in and and uh taking the place in that executive branch where joe biden once sat um or if joe biden wins again you know we'll see but i think joe biden has hinted that he's not going to run again hopefully that's not breaking news for you all but i don't know that's just what i've heard so
1: well let's wrap up the show let's do let's go back to the charts here for just a second let's kind of look at it because right now uh, Bitcoin is going down. Is a very On the four-hour chart right here, very big red candle right there. Last four hours. We're now sitting just above 38. Uh, well, we're sitting right at 38, too. But again, it's, it's looking like we're headed back down to 38. Here's what I'm looking at right now. The Bollinger Bands definitely have a potential. We could put- We could potentially go back down to 37.5. I do think that this is a a situation where we have some sell-offs, but that the bulls are going to take back control. So I'm not ready just yet. Short-term traders, short-term investors to freak out and be like, oh, no, is Bitcoin going down? Again, you guys know I have in the last couple of weeks said that I do believe that we potentially will still be seeing a 32 or $30,000 Bitcoin, but I'm not necessarily in the camp as of the news yesterday that that is going to come quicker. Again, I anticipated 75, but I should have, it's just my bad. I should have known Powell wasn't going to do that. I should have put more in thoughts together. Our MACD is definitely beginning to fall. Those histograms are getting close. We might be seeing a bearish cross here within the next 24 hours. As far as RSI is going, we dropped not only below the 14 uh, daily moving average, that yellow line right there, but we are also below the 50. So potentially that could be bullish. And the reason why is because now below the 50... You're starting to put a lot more pressure on the bears to to continue to perform and the bulls are gonna have a little bit more control. Again, you're not really saying there's a massive need for a correction until 30, but where we're standing right now, there is a chance that we could be seeing the bears running out of steam, the bulls being to take power again, because fundamentally, the announcement yesterday should result in bullish crypto movements, including Bitcoin. So that's what I'm looking at right here. Of course, we talked about this a little earlier, but I'll go and show the charts. The metrics that I'm looking for, in case any of you guys are trading, I'll go to my daily charts, so this is clear. The metrics I'm looking for, and this is according to, we're hovering right there on the 20, maybe come back down here, are these marks right here. These different levels are here, according to fib retracement. I do believe that as Bitcoin does rally here in the next couple of days, looking at these marks around 39.7, 41, 42, 43 are going to be key, especially this golden pocket here between 42.2 and 43.6. This is the next, I think, significant level that I think Bitcoin could rally to before it sees maybe some temporary cooling off and retracement. But that's just what the TA is saying. There's still a lot to uncover. We still want to pay attention to this news. The news develop every single day. And as it stands right now, short term, Bitcoin is back fundamentally bullish. But I want to know what you guys think. Not just in the chat. Let me know in the comments. Where do you think Bitcoin is going next? Do you like the Fed announcement? Long term, intermediate term, short term? Do you dislike it? That is all we have for you guys in today's show. We will see you again tomorrow. Again, we're not 100 certain if jeb's gonna be back yet or not but i want to give him all the time he needs he more than likely at least will be back on monday we love you guys thank you so much for tuning in this morning what are we at the likes i'll last thing i'll check here likewise we are at 700 we're 300 away i will give 30 seconds uh Smay, what do you want to say for 30 seconds while we give them one last chance to hit that like button
0: uh i just want to say guys uh you know how uh, back in the day, I started a I started a weight loss journey, and I lost fifty pounds, and it was great. Yeah. I think you know, I, I kind of a lot of traveling in April, Bitcoin twenty twenty two. This I have kind of fallen off, uh, fallen off the train. So uh, I'm gonna let you guys know this is a re, I'm re upping my commitment. I'm renewing my vows. We're gonna get back at it. So uh, expect some some serious positive change for me. Uh, but uh, other than that. Uh, If you want to see that happen, the only way for me to know you want me to uh, get healthier is that I want you guys to hit the like button. Uh, So that's how it's going to work. Boom. Well, everybody,
1: that is all we have for today's show. We're going to be putting out a video this afternoon, so make sure you check it out. If you want to hear even more, you can watch in the stream. What our thoughts around the Fed announcement? We made two videos yesterday all about it. Make sure you check those out as well. But I will see you guys in the next video. Peace.
0: Listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast. Tune in every day at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch live on YouTube. Follow us on our social media accounts at jeff And lastly, we want to thank you for supporting us here at Macfee Media.